Dry with some light sunshine, low clouds and hill fog later with lows of six. That's the latest. I'm Vicky Murray. 0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard The Premiership enters the home straight As we kick off the post-split fixtures this weekend David Bates opens up about leaving Rangers Insisting he has no regrets And tomorrow looks set to be the day we find out If Alex McLeish continues as the Scotland manager I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Yeah, you're right Gordon It's a hot topic tomorrow It's going to dominate the headlines one way or another What's going to happen to Alec McLeish In the national team hot seat And we're back on league duty this weekend The split happens And the old firm are away in Edinburgh Rangers at Hearts and Celtic at Hibs And supporters out there What do you make of the decision by Kilmarnock To slash the old firm's allocation Of fu- t- tickets for future games at Rugby Park Plenty to talk about tonight Gordon Yes Jim Duffy It's all happening Wednesday of the week That we welcome back the Premiership So I think we start to look forward uh, To the portion of the season that that matters Well it all matters But you know what I mean We're going to find out Who's winning Who's losing And who's in between Yeah but there's still An awful lot to play for And uh, Gordon You know the top of the league Obviously is all just about Wrapped up for Celtic can uh, You know do it uh, At the weekend But uh, I think the, the other positions You know whether it's European places uh, Or whether it's that Huge relegation battle At the bottom um, You know there's still An awful lot of interest there And as I said A lot of nervous uh, supporters around the country hoping that their team can find form at the right time. 0141-951-1025. That is the number you need to get in touch. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. In the second hour of tonight's show, we're going to be joined in the studio by one of the great characters of Scottish football. A man Jim Duffy knows very well. That's Chick Charnley. Chick's going to come in and join us uh, between seven and eight. So if you've got any questions or points, feel free to get them in. Uh, and here's a wee theme for us, a wee subplot to keep us ticking along nicely. With Billy McNeil being given the One Club Man Award by Athletic Bilbao. We are looking for your team's greatest servants So it might be a one club man Or it might just be a great servant You tell us We've been inspired by this one club man award Given to Billy McNeil But we're looking for the greatest servant For your team So as always Let's hear the examples that we might not have thought of Give us the detail 01419511025 And we are on Twitter At Clyde SSB Let's kick off with a phone call though. Let's go straight to Marco uh, Who's in Wrexham I believe Hi Marco Hi there Hi guys Um just a couple of points, if I, if I could. Um, last night, um, I was listening to a Rangers fan saying that, talking about the gap um, being closed purely because um, Neil Lennon is now in charge of Celtic rather than Brendan Rodgers. I just wonder the sort of thinking behind that, because for me, um, OK, arguably he's not got the same calibre um, you know, as a CV is compared to Brendan Rodgers, but for me, he's the perfect man to get us towards nine and ten in a row. Uh, and I think he'll he'll do that um, because he's, he's I can't think of anybody else better equipped actually that's Celtic minded and you know would really be really really focused on that. Got a great record in the transfer market for buying in summer signings, and in terms of the gap as well, there was talk about like it's eleven points just now, and the gap's been closed and things like that now. We don't know what the gap's going to be in terms of points until the final league game. It could be a lot more than that. It could be less, of course, but it could be a lot more. And if it, if it finishes up more than 12, 
than it was last season. Then the, the gap's not closed. The only area I would say where Rangers have actually successfully closed the gap is head-to-head clashes this season with the two teams. And undoubtedly, Gerrard's improved that. But if you look at the, the, the quality of the squad that Celtic have got, the potential for finishing this season in a bigger points, points gap than it was last season, um, I don't see how this gap is actually closed very much at all. Yeah. I think the I think the gaps are relevant come the summer because there's going to be changes at both clubs and you know arguably you can talk about who this next Celtic manager is going to be it's Neil Lennon or whatever what's going to happen with Stephen Gerrard you know the two most important people two most important departments are going to be the recruitment departments at both clubs Mark Allen at Rangers Lee Congerton at Celtic I will suspect Lee Congerton um, won't be there there might be somebody new um, in the job so there's there's big changes to be made at both clubs and then you see what happens but from a standing viewpoint just now um, you know if Rangers supporters are, are, are coming on and, and saying oh the gap's closed if you listen to managers that, that know the drill and Jim will know what you, there's no point in looking across the it's what you do at your own club and Rangers know what they need to do they need to get better players in they need more money and they need better players because the players that they've got now are not good enough to win the title the proof is there they're 11 points behind with 5 games to go so they need to find Championship winning players That will get you over the line That have got the mentality As well as the ability To win week after week As Celtic have managed to do Over the past number of years Beyond that I think that Steven Gerrard Has improved Rangers I do take the old firm games As a marker I think Rangers Can get to, to Celtic But if Celtic Really want to push on Then they have the financial muscle to go and get a better quality of player in than what Rangers Jim, can do. I remember the call Marco's referring to. A Rangers fan phoned up basically hoping that Neil Lennon lands the Celtic job. Yeah, he I thinks remember. that that gives them a greater chance. I know that that sounds really harsh, but essentially it's just grounded in the belief, which is fine, that Brendan Rodgers is a better manager than Neil Lennon. That's where these guys are coming from. Yeah, I mean, well, Brendan Rodgers has ended a flawless record at Celtic in domestic competition. So, therefore, you can't argue about that. But... Uh, you know, it's, it's really... I mean, this season's done and dusted. So, Rangers aren't going to win any silverware. Um, they're going to finish second in the league. So, Celtic, at the very worst, have got the double and, and, and every chance now we're getting the treble because uh, they're in the cup final. So, I, I don't really see how the gap has narrowed that much, uh, if any. And if it is, then it'll be minimal. And as Marco and, and Mark had said... Maybe in the old firm head-to-head matches, but over the piece, you, you've got to do over a, a whole season. You've got to be more consistent over a whole season, and Rangers have still got a bit to find in that. But as I said, this season's more or less done and dusted as far as I said. It's about, uh, you know, next season. And next season, both teams will start, whether it's Neil Lennon's in charge or whoever, uh, it's like a clean slate. Uh, and it's about, you know, how you know much investment Rangers throw at it. You know, Dave King's come out with a very bold statement um, and, uh, you know, the Rangers fans will look for him to back that statement up, the hard cash, and say, right, OK, how are you going to back your manager? And, you know, and to, to try and make sure they make next season a much more competitive season because ultimately it's petered out and it's petered out too early, I think, as far as... And people can look at the European aspect early on in the season, all these kind of things, but as a top club, you have to make sure you've got the quality of players that whenever the season starts if it starts early July it starts early July and to see you right through that campaign in all competitions because the Rangers fans expect Rangers to be challenging in all competitions Marco 
Yeah, um, I mean, I agree with Jim Torf. I think he talks a lot of sense. I always enjoy listening to him when he's on the show. Um, but it's just the evidence of where the gap's been closed. I mean, it was when, when Rangers beat Celtic um, at Ibrox just at Christmas there and, um, and it was level at the top. There was all talk about how Rangers could go in and maybe win the title. Well, what happened to, What happened now then? You know, what happened since then? Well, what's happened since then is there's an 11-point gap now and possibly a bigger one. So that doesn't show any evidence of closing the gap. Um, in terms of the, manage, the managers, like Brendan Rodgers versus Lennon, now, my view would be, and again, Hugh Keevens hits, hits it on the nail, 95% or, or whatever of the Celtic supporters, the most important thing to us is, to, is getting 10 in a row, right? So the next two years, my view would be go for Neil Lennon because he's best equipped to try and get that and save some money that um, perhaps in managerial wages during that period and obviously use Champions League money as well to, to, to get that period over and done with and hopefully let's secure 10 in a row. Then after that, go for a, go for a marquee manager again of, the, of a Brendan Rodgers calibre to make a, make a tilt at Europe. But for me, the most important thing at the moment is a 10 in a row thing. And I don't, I don't see at all how, um, how the gap is, is narrowed just because Lennon's in charge at the moment. I think you'll find next season, uh, Gerrard will definitely make Rangers stronger and I expect a big challenge for, from them. But I think he's more than equipped when you consider as well, he's had a better record in, in Europe than probably Rogers did overall, um, and got some really good wins during that period. I don't see Levin as a downgrade at all for the particular job in hand just now. You know. Thank you very much, Marco and Wrexham. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Come on, fans of all clubs, you've got the post split fixtures to go. Five games to go. What are your aims? What are your hopes? Expectations? Is it about bettering last season's points tally? Is it about catching the team above you? You tell us. Oh one four one nine five one. At 1025 On the subject of recruitment The newspaper stories Starting to circulate Mark Guiri uh, With regard Rangers um, Summer recruitment The Jake Hasty deal Looked on Then it looked off Now suggestions that maybe It could be resurrected yeah. uh, You've got names like Greg Stewart floating about Perhaps an interest in John Souter Any of these names Good ideas As far as you're concerned Yeah I mean I like Greg Stewart I like um, John Souter I have to be honest I, I've not seen enough Of, of Jake Hasty To say as a Rangers material But going by the reports Of everybody that covers it And, and, and manages players And I'm saying You know It would sound like a no-brainer If you can get Jake Casey And whether the boy Would want to go In terms of Would he be guaranteed First team football Or whatever That that might come into Rangers Take him then loan him I don't know But certainly Greg Stewart I, I think that's a, a deal That Rangers are pursuing And I would expect That one to get over the line John Souter If Rangers can afford him de- Depending on the fee That Hearts are looking for I'm not sure of his Contractual situation He's maybe got a year to go um, after this a year or two Does John Souter want to stay in Scotland Or does he want to go down the road Does he want to stay at Hearts But I think that's one that Rangers will post- pursue and, and try and get over the line But that would take I would imagine You'd be looking in the region of, of Two and a half to three million pounds uh, I don't think Hearts will let him go for any cheaper than that And, and, and rightly so But we'll see, we'll see what happens But I, I like I like those kind of players I think they're the kind of players that can come in and help Rangers and improve them yeah, I must admit, I'm not entirely in agreement with Mark there. I think the Rangers have to look um, beyond. I think when uh, they've, they've taken some some players in in the past from Scottish football, but it's not always, I said before, the talent. Greg Stewart, for instance, who was at Commander, was absolutely outstanding. He just looks like a totally different player up at Aberdeen. I've seen Aberdeen maybe three or four times now live with Greg Stewart playing, and he hasn't, he's a shadow of the player he was at Commander. So, I'm just wondering, you know, does the expectation level of going to a club like Aberdeen, you know, way on the shows? I don't know. I don't know the boy. Maybe he's just maybe he's not fitting into the system or whatever. 
But when he goes to Rangers Or if he goes to Rangers He's going to have to multiply that tenfold You know, that expectation of going and performing At a high level week in, week out And that demand I think Rangers do need a similar type of player Creative player playing off the front Or in that little, little pocket To try and, um, you know, create opportunities But I'm not sure if Greg Stewart's the right person He's been down to Birmingham Didn't quite work out He's went to Aberdeen twice Not quite worked out Jake Casey's another one for potential for me. I think he's further down the line, but you know, we're signing Jordan Jones already. They've the the obviously you've young Glenn Middleton who started the season well. Um they've got Grisette, is it Gris, Gresda. Gresda, Um, you know, who hasn't really settled in. There's still a lot of uh, questions to be asked about him. And John Suter, uh, as I said again, looks he looks as if he can handle it, I have to be honest. He does look that he gives that air of authority. But again, I think Rangers have got to look beyond that. To me, I think certainly better than what they've got, Jim. I think I do like Goldson, to be honest, yeah. but as for the rest mm. of them, I don't think mm. Rangers would lose any sleep. Katic, Worrell, all those mm. kind of guys. They're, they're, better, they're no title winning defenders, that's mm. the bottom line. Yeah. Now remember, I'm also asking for your team's greatest ever servants. This is because Billy McNeil's been given the One Club Man Award by Athletic Bilbao. We're looking for your team's greatest servants. Uh, Falkirk Fan Zone is on. I did say I wanted to hear from all teams' mm-hmm. greatest servant, Kevin McAllister. Yeah. He says. Yeah. Yep. Kevin was there like four times or something like that, you know. A I'll terrific player. Absolutely outstanding player. Good shout. De- uh, so many different suggestions coming in. Derek says, a loyal servant. It has to be John Walk. Unbelievable mm. to Ipswich. Apart from his stint at Liverpool, where he outscored Rushy that season, mm. I don't think his loyalty. To Ipswich But I genuinely think He was one of the most Underrated players uh, Of his generation uh, What else have we got here Keep them coming in At Clyde SSB Who would be the other m- Notable servants In Scottish football Or one club men There must be loads yeah. I, 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 I'm just thinking back St Mirren and, and when I was a young chick Coming in So I thought A, a, a brilliant man He was a great player Jim Your position as well Norrie McWhirter Norrie yeah. McWhirter Was a great one club man And, and, and with a great suspect To St Mirren Norrie was good enough To go and Follow on the path Almost to the point Like his great pal Paul Lambert You know Norrie had that mm-hmm. ability But, but it was injuries really mm-hmm. Really scuppered Norrie yeah. But Norrie was a great servant to Yeah Mark. I mean it depends on the eras You're, you're at Gordon I mean we, we, we we're looking at this programme Where you know We've got every every era Covered really from from generations I remember going back to When I was up in Dundee And Bobby Cox You know was a, was a player You probably not know You're too young But but, but uh, Bobby was a player Who you know One of these guys that that uh, you're a fantastic footballer, but in, the, in an they era, sorry, you have to get the stand there, haven't they, Bobby Cox? Yeah, yeah, Bobby Cox stand. Yeah. But in an era of Scottish football, when you had so many greats and fullbacks like Tommy Gamble and and, and all these kind of guys, and John Gregg played fullback at Tamworth, and it was hard for him to get into that next level of of of. of but in Dundee, he's revered, absolutely revered uh, in Dundee, and you'll get. The likes of David Neary, who I know he's not a one cup, he went to Raith Rovers later on, he's going to win the, win the yeah, League Cup, cup yep. you know, and Paul Hegarty and Sturrock and these kind of guys. Great servants will do, doesn't need to be and, one club. Well, you've got Willie Miller as well, Willie. Aye, I Willie mean, Miller. you can't, Willie Miller, Aberdeen, what a, what a, what, what, Jim Lane, Alec, yeah. Oh, yeah. these kind of guys there, and, that, and again, Paul McStay is another one at yeah. Celtic who is absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys that's, you know, spent, I mean, even the likes of, you know, guys who. You know, don't always get recognition, but you know, we're real good team players, and you know, we're there. You know, there's there's a lot, there's a number of guys. I'm sure the the fans. Uh, Ian uh, Rangers, yeah. Ian Durant, you know. I've he went, he went mm. through, and okay, yeah. went to command up the last couple of years of his, mm. his career, but Ian Durant was just a, a a brilliant person, a brilliant ambassador for Rangers, mm. but a top mm. football, and again, his career didn't he hit the heights that it should have mm. because of injury. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five in the phones. Andy's in Clyde Bank. Hi, Andy. 
How are you doing, boys? All right. Yeah, good, Andy. What's on your uh, mind? I just came in and I just heard the uh, I just heard the wee uh, thing is are looking for that long long time legends. Yes. Um, myself being a Clyde Bank lad, um, I know we've still got a junior team at the moment, mm-hmm. but when the Bankies used to be in existence as a professional team, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Gallagher, the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. he was a top lad. Mm-hmm. That was uh, what I would like to mention for the for the yeah. legends, you know. Yeah, Jim was a terrific goalkeeper, and again. You know, just one of these guys that uh, you know, in, in, a, in a different time, you know, could have, could have certainly had the ability to play that much. But he, he, he wanted to play with the Bankies, and again, as uh, as uh, Andy saying there, you know, again, just absolutely, the fans loved them, and there was again number of a number of players uh, that, that started the careers. Obviously, you know, famous David Cooper and, and, and guys like that. But you know, the, 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 the again, somebody like Jim who decided to stay there and and play his career there. You know, again, he had certainly had the ability to to go and play and. You know, and uh, you know, there was there was a number. I think it was Mark Clocker. There was another one. I think he played a good number of years there. A really good read of the game, good defender. Uh, as I said, so 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 many players. You said and uh, Ken Eady, great goal scorer. Uh, Ken, Ken, you know, I know Ken eventually went, but he wanted to stay part time because he had his business. So uh, listen, as I said before, I can I can probably come up with a few Andy, but I'll let I'll let the fans uh, let us know. Good shout Andy I like that Andy and Clyde Bank A Clyde Bank fan 01419511025 You can keep your calls Coming in on that That's just something To tick along In the background But anything else As far as today's news goes Get the calls in And we've got an exclusive Interview with former Rangers and Scotland Defender David Bates That's coming up After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets Results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guiri and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, waiting on your calls and your tweets at Clyde SSB. Remember, we're asking for your greatest servants for your teams, any one club men out there. Uh, just that along in the background of today's news. We have been looking at the post-split fixtures, what lies in store. We're going to take a look at Alex McLeish's future uh, a bit later on as well. Let's go straight back to the phones, though, and speak to Ian in Greenock. Hi, Ian. I'm not in Greenock, Gordon. I'm in North West London. Oh, um, I'm away working at the moment. No problem. I said to Andy, uh, hi to yourself, Mark and Jim Hello. And I'd like to give a wee shout out to my pal Who's just went home He he works beside me He's away back in Belfast to David My mate uh, Hope he's listening Anyway guys Anyway, uh, on with the football On with the football uh, the, My servant There's two I've got uh, It's got to be John Clark At Celtic um, The years he's gave to the to Celtic it's got to be best part of 40 odd year 50 mm-hmm. year maybe 55 year um, because I'm I'm, fi- I'm nearly 52 so uh, and the late David Cooper uh, I used to polish his boots at Ibrox when I was there many years ago um, he died too young two good shouts that absolutely and yeah. uh, John Clark not only as a player as well I suppose yeah but I mean the, the player and obviously his connection with Celtic as, as an assistant manager to Billy McNeil and, and then um, you know working in the background and, and you know with the, with the kit and all the other stuff and further, further down the line but his association with the club um, as Ian has said uh, has been immense and uh, you know his contribution has been immense so you know both on and off mm. the pitch and uh, as I said, you know the obviously with groups of different different clubs. Obviously we mentioned Clyde Bank, Rangers, Motherwell. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, if it's you know one club guys or you know there's a less, and it just shows you even these greats. You know at times, you know there was a time mm. when for one reason or another they moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you know there's the, the that that's the thing. Uh, right, Ian. As a Celtic fan, it's quite a clear mm-hmm. set of objectives between now and the end of the season. But what what specifically are you hoping for? 
I don't want to talk about football. I want it's, in, it's involving football. I want to talk about security. I've been trying to go on for since with this pirate pirate things and all that. I'm I'm in the security sector and I've done high profile stuff at Wembley at Wembley Stadium, which I'm not far from, and I've worked at the Joshua fight. Now, Mark and Jim, you were talking about it last week. Now, Hearts is closing a bit of their the grounding. It's not just going to happen to Hearts. It's going to happen to the old firm as well, Celtic and Rangers. I'm going to tell you what it boils down to. It's the clubs who are employing these cowboy companies. And take just it be careful, me, Ian. Be careful, please, okay, if you can. I'll take that back. Right, right. But they're not doing what they could be doing, Jim. Uh, Gordon and Mark. Uh, what should I they be doing? Wembley. What should they be doing then that everybody, they're not doing? Every, they should be getting, everybody should be getting search mark uh-huh. And it can be done Because Ian is there, not a, is there not a slight problem there Because you do get searched going to a football game up here The problem is without giving people too many ideas If you want to get a smoke bomb or a flare into a game You'll do it But but listen The security has got to get stepped up Gordon yeah. now, 90, Over 90,000 guys Went into the Anthony Joshua And uh, Klitschko fight and I'm t- I, I work I work in corporate side of it in the middle section at Wembley. We've got ten thousand people coming through our area, and everyone gets searched, wanted the lot. Now I've been to loads of games at Parkhead. I've been to concerts at Hamden, and never been searched once. Ian, I, I mentioned something, to, and, it, and it was Gordon on the Saturday program four or five weeks ago, and I thought you know the coins are going on. I thought. It might get to the stage If we are serious About trying to stop this That we introduce um, Airport style Scanners Searches I've been to World Cups European Championships Champions League finals And that's what they do Even the media Get searched And your bags go through Scanners And Gordon you say That's not feasible Because you can't stop coins But Gordon As a nation As football The authorities Celtic Rangers Hearts Hibs Why they want to stop it Are we trying to find excuses Not to stop it and if fans continue to misbehave the way they're doing Then we have to step it up and, and, and Ian's right Because otherwise Every week we're seeing in, in the, the, the bulletins On Clyde or on the telly Oh we, we condemn this behaviour And we've launched a thorough investigation Nonsense, no substance to it You never ever hear anything more uh, about it So it's got to the, to the serious point And as I've said before There's madness in the horizon And if we don't do something about it now And put things in place And that's why I absolutely commend And budge for the way she's acted and Hibernian. I think Edinburgh has led the way and it's uh, that that's what's happened in the past week or so. At, at the same time, Jim, we, we got in we don't, I don't want to get into this all night because we've mm-hmm. done it a few times, but we were talking to Fraser Wisher about it last week. Mm-hmm. It's also surely important to find a, a solution that's that's not over the top, that doesn't then make all the innocent fans feel like criminals. Yeah. Surely that that's yeah. as much of a priority as no, anything. I, but I do I think Ian has got some valid points here in terms of, you know, getting getting people who are in that field. You know, more of those people So if you're going to shut a, a section of your stadium That's going to cost you a lot of money So if you invest some of that money Which you might then In these professional people Who are used to doing it At major events As I said that You know, concerts, boxing matches Football matches Whatever happens to be At major events Then that's got to be cost effective That's got to be a bit And as you say then Then you're not punishing other people You know, that mm. it, it just becomes the norm You know, once you start doing it all right, thank you to Ian and Greenock or North West London, whatever yeah. it was. Thank you, Ian. Wembley. Oh, yeah, oh, Wembley. Oh, yeah, 01419511025 in the phones.
uh, at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Uh, let's speak to Alec in Motherwell. Hi, Alec. Hi, Gordon. How you doing? Not too bad. Hey, Ma, I'm just going to give you a shout out for the, uh, the, the players that served the club. Was the, I think you might be a wee bit young, Gordon. So might Mark. Uh, no, I don't mean you're the pensioner, Jim. But no, you're right. That's remember? okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the fullback that played with Motherwell. I don't think he, he was ever capped but for Scotland, wasn't he, no. no, Jim? No, I don't think so. I, again, like that's what I'm saying, you know, in a certain era when Scotland had, you know, a lot of good players. I mean, I think Joe played the team with Danny McGrady and that played and Sandy Jardin and guys like that, you know, that, that ilk, and so therefore it was very difficult. Uh, I suppose it's like a young left back now it might come up and find Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney in front of him. He might miss the boat. So you know you've got you've got players. But again, Joe, yeah, a terrific uh, servant to to Motherwell, absolutely. And again, in a, uh, a an era of, of Scottish players, where I think, as I said, we were we were a wee bit uh, right. a wee bit richer than we currently are with talent. Yeah, I think about. Gordon, can I can I just pick up yeah. on something that Mark just said there two minutes ago? We were you know, talking about the incidents at the at the football grounds now. I think Mullow did with there the the thing that happened at Fir Park there with the the pie getting thrown and the lighter getting thrown. Mm-hmm. Within forty eight hours, Mullow had identified that guy, contacted him, sent him a letter saying he was banned and tell him he was getting his details yeah. were getting passed to the police. Yeah, I forgot that, about Motherwell. Yeah, right. good shout. I forgot about that. It was yeah, very swift. Was yeah, it. and absolutely. Yeah, you're right about Motherwell too. All right, thanks to Alec and Mother. Joe Walk's a good shoot. I think 500 and odd appearances for mm-hmm. one club. Just don't yeah. see that too much uh, anymore. I must say, lots coming in on Twitter on that front. Jim McLaughlin says, Big Ruffy, over 400 games uh, for the Jags. Um, some people are thinking outside the box. Kay says, Not in Scotland, but Francesco Totti. That's a great example ah, as well. Right, We've even had one, Gregor Faulkner for Elgin, says Ian. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I wanted them to be outside the box. We, we're certainly getting them. Danny McGrain, Paul McStay. Kyle says, John Gregg, of course, voted the greatest ever Ranger. Uh, right, let's hear a bit from David Bates, shall we? We've been catching up with him because it's a year on since he signed his pre contract with Hamburg. And he says he would encourage more Scottish youngsters to make a move abroad. He believes playing in Germany's, Germany's help. Helped him become a better player and also played a big part in gaining international recognition. I think I've settled in quite quite well now and completely different pre-season to, to usual back in Scotland. Uh, a lot more ball work and, and tactical side of the game. But we, we play a lot of football over here and the, the ball's on the deck a lot. So uh, you're learning different side of the game, a bit different to Scotland. There's not as much, I'd say, long balls or fights in the in the air. No, it's a completely different game and that's why I came out here to learn my trade better and, and learn more about myself and, and bring myself on as a player. I was always open to it and it teaches you a few things and... And you learn a bit about yourself uh, when you move out. You're away from your family. Um, I'm here obviously with my girlfriend, so it's a bit easier. It's made it a bit easier for me. And but you see it with uh, obviously Liam Henderson's in, in Italy as well, and he's doing right uh, very well for himself. And so in, in the second league also. So um, you can see that I've I've improved as a player, and, and it's all because I've came over here and focused on my game and learnt off the coaches here and, and the managers. So yeah, hundred percent. Would if I, anyone asked me, I would I would tell them to take the chance, and you know it, it can it can really work out for them. Do you think that move over there has helped your Scotland career? Because obviously you're now a, a full international, got a couple of caps under your belt. Do you feel that like the development that you've had over there has really helped your sort of international recognition? I think so. Um, obviously we're quite high up in the league and we're second and first throughout the season. So we're playing at a top level and uh, with top players and I think that maybe it did uh, help me a bit with the Scotland national team and um, at the end of the day you need to keep playing and performing uh, well 
and hopefully get that recognition, which I did. So, uh, no, obviously, I think the move did did help that, yeah. So no regrets then for Bates about leaving Rangers. He believes Bundesliga 2 is a higher standard than our Premiership, but he, he thinks it's good players aren't scrutinised in Germany as much as they are in Glasgow. No, I never look at it like that, really. If I signed with Hamburg to go and improve my game, and Rangers are always going to get a top manager, and it was like a club Rangers are. They attract big names, and, um, and they obviously got Steven Gerrard as manager. So that's one of the things that in football, you go to different clubs, you learn off different managers. So no, I, I live with no regrets, no. In terms of the sort of standard of the, the league you're playing in at the moment, where would you say it sort of compares to the Scottish Premiership? I would say this playing in this league is a the best league I've played in. The standard's very good and every team have good players and good uh, the way they play. Some teams will play different, some teams will play up for the back constantly, even with pressure. And the, the standard's very good over here and I think that the second league's at the highest level I've, I've played at, definitely. I would say that it's, it was, it's not as intense as an outside the football and in Glasgow it's, it's all about Rangers and Celtic, so. which is good. Uh, Obviously, living in Scotland, getting brought up in Scotland, and that's what you know. It's all about Rangers and Celtic. So over here, it's obviously a bit different. And but at Hamburg was a big club, and there's still that a little bit of scrutiny, and which is expected if you if you don't play at a big club, and there won't won't be it. So if you play at a big club, there there is. And at the end of the day, you want to play at the top of the game, top clubs, and and that's what comes with it. It's part and parcel, isn't it? So the game. Um. So in a way, you're still scrutiny, but I wouldn't say as as much outside football. David Bates, we've had Liam Henderson, Ryan Gold, a couple have tried it recently. I think we'd all love to see. I mean, we want to, at the same time, we want to see as many good players here. Yeah. But there's just something nice about seeing Aye. the young guys going abroad and, and trying something different. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned him earlier on the show, you know, Paul Lambert over to Germany and never looked back. You know, you remember like Rap McKinnon Murdo, over Murdo to Holland, Murdo McLeod, Scott Booth going to Germany, and Alan Alan McAnally. So there's been a few I think you know, like Alan Johnson Derek McInnes Went to France for Yeah Mo Johnson So <laughs> You know uh, Aye listen It's good And the, the one thing again Gordon And you know that, that I really like hearing And you will too Is just Just how Well mannered And a nice guy David Bates is You know First of all He's good enough to do an interview Take time out And then It gives you A good insight It's not just cliches He's actually giving you an insight About him and his life His development as a person Development as a footballer the lifestyle, how you know the different scrutiny in, in Hamburg compared to Glasgow, which I'm glad to hear um, as well. So I, I really enjoy those kind of interviews, and you can clearly tell that, that David Bates is a person and, and the football is going in the right direction. Yeah, I must admit he's he's went way beyond what I thought he could achieve. I mean, I seen David Bates playing with uh, Bates Rovers, and then I saw him playing with Rangers reserves, as they want to call it that, the twenties at the time. And I'm thinking he, he's he's alright, he's a big lad, he's relatively athletic. And then we get the Rangers first team, I thought, you know, I'm not too sure, mm. you know. I mean, it's one of those ones, you, you get pitched in and Graham Murty and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm thinking, but he, he done alright in a couple of games, don't get me wrong. But then I, I just didn't see him becoming an international player within that period of time. And having, you know, the, the capability to go and play in Germany. Um, obviously I didn't know the boy as a person So I don't know his character But as he comes across Like Mark says Really well Articulate um, You know And I think he's He's, he's obviously Thought long and hard about it going, Taking it So he will come he, he, Whatever he goes after that He will mm. be a better person And a better player um, But Fair play to him um, He certainly uh, Certainly as far as I'm concerned Exceeded my expectations Of where he could go to And, uh, and as I said In a relatively short period of time And, and the position he plays in you know, he's 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 got he's got maybe ten, fifteen years ahead of him. You know, playing at a really good level. So, 
Yeah, no, he deserves all the credit for taking that opportunity and taking that risk to go there because we mentioned a few guys, but in the big picture, Gordon, that's a minuscule mm. amount of Scottish players really that have that have um, taken the opportunity to play abroad. Yeah, we always like to keep an eye on the Scots abroad. So that was an exclusive interview with David Bates. You can hear more of that on the Clyde One Super Scoreboard website. On Twitter, we're still getting your greatest servants, your one club men coming in. Joe says, talk about ambassadors for a club. Alan McGraw Morton legend As both player And manager I think uh, Davey Hayes Was another one there Davey played myself I think he was there For about 14 years Hannibal So I think that uh, He's another one Of these unsung heroes At the time what His nickname was, was Hannibal His nickname sorry Yeah and Long, be- long, be- long <laughs> before uh, You know um, Little Sounds of the Lambs Yeah long before Sounds of the Lambs but uh, yeah, Hannibal Good. Hayes I'm relieved at that I thought but, I had a legal case that, on her hand He there. made Hannibal Hayes uh, Look like Mary Poppins <laughs> uh, John is a Rangers fan He wants to talk oh, about sorry. The ticket allocation at Kilmarnock And that's coming up after The travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy Are here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We just had an interview With David Bates Talking about Scots Playing abroad Uh, We've been looking at The post-split fixtures We're also asking you For your one club men Or your team's greatest servants This is on the back Of that award given To Billy McNeil And I must say Thank you very much For the response Because there have been So many from all across the all across the eras, all across the clubs, Neil Hood is on, Alan Archibald uh, for Partick Thistle, he says. Fitzy's on with Andy Ritchie. The name's coming in. Great memories. Uh, let's speak to John and Paisley. Hi, John. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, John. Hey, Tony's first back for St Murn. Good shout. Oh, yep. yeah. Mark, we did. I'm surprised you missed that one out. He told me Tony yeah. signed me for St Murn. Mm-hmm. That's why he's... That's why you're not happy with him No, no, no I'm glad okay. he was David Hay released me But it was Tony, oh, okay. Tony, Tony signed me uh, John, what's your thoughts on the, the ticket allocation for Rugby Park? Right First of all, do you end know what the price of season ticket for Kilmarnock is? Oh, off the no. top of my head, I must admit, no Good question, no It's no £27 pound. I would agree, yes, it won't be £27 pound. Right, right First of all, where is he going to get an R4000 supporters for? Because it kind of fills two stones that he's got the two songs either side. So where's he going to get another four thousand supporters for to fill the Muffet stand? I think the Muffet stand will be full of flags. No mean to cover it up. Hmm. This is just an embarrassment to Scottish football once again that Rangers and Celtic they could both get punished because of what? Tell me why at the end of the season we can't have it the two stands again. His comment that it's a family club it's for hundreds and fifty does he think he's going to get another 4,000 fans and he can't even fill can't get he's lucky if he's 4,000 a game just let me recap the story John for anyone who missed it so usually Rangers and Celtic like you say get both stands behind the goals that's 8,000 tickets roughly um, for the final game of the season Rangers are getting half of that they're getting 4,000 they're only getting one uh, behind the, the the goals Mark Guidi uh, listen uh, uh, John I take your point on board but I disagree with you 100% and you look at one of the quotes that Billy Bowie has put out and he's not saying that they're going to get an extra four or five thousand. He knows pretty much that he's going to have to take a financial hit and the crowd will down. But what he's saying is to balance it out, he's hoping they get an extra thousand supporters per game at Kilmarnock and that makes up for the shortfall of the old firm um, not being there. And Kilmarnock, I've watched Kilmarnock a lot in the past three or four years and they've gone from maybe 3,000 to close to 6,000 on average, which I credit to them. You said there it's an embarrassment to Scottish football if these stands are not be filled. No, for me, what the embarrassment of Scottish football is um, Coins, pies, lighters, oh, supporters we were, we were on, Sectarian, ch- chanting 
as well And he's mentioned that too From Rangers and Celtic fans That his own fans Feel intimidated Now if you put yourself In Billy Bowie's shoes And Kilmarnock's shoes A very forward thinking club They're a welcoming club They're a good club They try their best Without the finances of the old firm But they try to keep Their supporters happy Which is their objective Their most important thing And if it means Keeping five or 6,000 Kilmarnock fans happy Then he is absolutely right And listen I don't expect you To agree with it and and I don't want to see football fans locked out of ground So I don't want to see empty seats But when I look at the evidence that Billy Bowie has presented, presented I absolutely see his case I must admit, I don't agree uh, 100% with, with Mark I think that, uh, you know, if you're going to do that You do it all the time, you know, in every game So if you think, well, wait a minute this is, We only want our fans to be there Then you say to Celtic and Rangers mm. in particular I think it might be from now on that well, could yeah, be the suggestion. Yeah, but I'm saying that my viewpoint is on, on this is not. Yeah. I'm not saying this. This yeah. is right just for this one yeah. game. The way if, he's presenting this if, stuff is that he's he's going to do it. This is continuous. I, I understand if he's going to do it all the time. I think it's an awful lot of money to risk. Um, uh, the other side of it, uh, Johnny is trying to make it a, an occasion. 150 years, so like a cup final, then Commander will will find 12,000, 15,000 people will turn up. So it's like that kind of day. They're trying to make it an occasion, and on an occasion, they may well find another three or four thousand people to go for that particular one-off game. Mm-hmm. And then he's hoping that a, you know, a decent, as Mark says, maybe another thousand people will come in. But I think that um, you know, Commander are doing well just now. And have done well since Stevie Clark's been there. If Stevie Clark leaves for one reason or another, mm-hmm. and if they're not doing quite as well, will Billy Bowie still have the same view? If the club they need the money, yeah. If the yeah. club does as isn't as quite as successful mm-hmm. as they are under Stevie Clark, yeah, so but, I but think he flips it around. He, it is a, a bit tough, but what he does, and he says to Kamal, so, "Well, mm. now I have to, mm. I have to invite these clubs yeah. back because you guys aren't turning up mm. anymore for yeah. whatever reason." Financially, no winning as many mm. games, whatever it may be, he's quite entitled. But, 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 but you, but, well, if you don't need to buy a ticket if he yeah. makes the offer to to yeah. Rangers and Celtic supporters in the future, two years down the line, you don't need to buy the ticket. You're perfectly within your rights to say, well, actually, no, come on, I'm not giving you my money. But at the moment, Billy Bowie's got to deal with the here yeah. and now, and I totally see his point of view. And I totally see John's point of view that he's disappointed that it's he not might just commander to the game. I mean, Hibs done yeah. it earlier on the season. The, the clubs, yeah. are, clubs are doing it. They're trying to get more than that. Listen, I understand, but as I said, and you know, when when you when you're balancing, when you're looking to balance the books, and when you're looking to, you know, get as much income into football as possible, it's, it's a big risk. And and I think I Billy Billy's obviously yeah, John, willing course. willing to take the hit, and it's his money, and he's entitled yeah. to do that. John. Right, so basically he can afford to lose Rangers Celtic £240,000 right, a year and when they were voting to put Rangers down the commander, previous chairman said they couldn't afford to do that because it would cost them players, losing players Second of all, you're seeing other clubs Mark, see that every club at Scottish football sing songs towards each other which isn't acceptable not just Rangers and Celtic Even Kilmarnock Supporters sing towards Rangers fans as well. So see what you're saying. Uh, talking about the, the bigotry and all that side, I understand where you're coming from. But no, it's I'm putting, for, I'm putting forward. Yeah, I'm putting forward. I'm not. I'm putting forward Billy Bowie's case. What he's saying in terms of him he's defending his, his football club. club and defending his supporters. That's what he's saying. That's part of his reasons, and I can see his point. But wait a minute, you can't say that, Matt, because you're turning and saying. Every club, you're saying one word, he's defending his club, but his club still do it, he Rangers fans, the Celtic fans, 
Another fan's abuse, so it's all right for them to do it when it's no, listen, I, I don't I, think Mark's talking about the abuse. I, I, You're I, talking I, specifically about the fact that Billy Bowie's priority, his absolute priority, just has to be looking after what his customer base thinks, yeah, what, his, what his, his fan fans, base if, thinks. If Kilmarnock fans are telling him we are intimidated, he's got to sit up and take notice of that. But I think also, Mark, if, if, if you're a Scottish I mean, football fan, I think anyway, the games you look forward to are the big games. I mean, Kilmarnock don't have a strict derby at this moment in time. Some clubs do. Yeah. You know, your hearts hibs, that'll be the game you look forward to. If you're Celtic Rangers, that's the game. But Kilmarnock look forward, I think anyway, we look forward to playing Celtic Rangers in full houses. The players yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, if you're a player and a manager, that's the games mm. you look forward to. Uh-huh. A full house, TV, invariably live games. That's the big games. If you eliminate half of that crowd I think I think it, it certainly it, it doesn't give you the same effect thank you to John and Paisley your great servants are still coming in on Twitter Billy Allen says Sandy Jarden great ambassador mm. and player for Rangers God bless him uh, and Dave Park's got a wee naughty one he says great servants for their club Celtic Hugh Evans. I'm not. I'm not too sure how the. I'm not too sure how the two bands that he's received from Celtic really fit in with that, Dave. But anyway, let's speak to Frankie in Shettleston. Hi, Frankie. How you doing, lads? All right. It's Good nice to speak to you, Matt, Jim, and Hi, yourself. Frankie. Um, it's 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 a bit the uh, getting. You know, you were speaking about fans being frisked into the stadiums, and especially here, it's appalling that the supporters don't get frisked and you, you could walk in with a handgun and it, it really you could walk in with a handgun it's as simple as that and there's no oh you can't say that of course you could it, I go abroad quite a lot and two weeks ago I was in Hungary and a couple of weeks before that I went to see Mitchell Gladbach versus Wolfsburg and it takes two seconds you're not allowed a bag and you go through one of these passport scanners uh, you know that you see in the airport and you simply walk through you don't even break stride and a guy frisks you down. Wallet, keys, and then you go. Takes two seconds. That's it. How, how come though then, uh, uh, that's Frankie? It, that's it, that's it. Yeah, how come Frankie in point. Europe, it's, it's absolutely almost ridiculous <laughs> the amount of flares um, yeah, going on. I mean, every almost Jim, every major please. game in Europe, there's flares. Right, right. Jim, can you let me finish? Okay, I've, I've, this, this is me talk about a Bundesliga match, pal. Right? So... You won't see flares in a Bundesliga match because they're not allowed. It's forbidden. Now, I went to MTK Budapest. Exact same procedure, except the ultras and the flags and the flares are allowed at the ultra section. They're actually sitting in the stadium at their seats, ready to go off. There's firemen there. There's policemen Mm. there. They go in the air and that creates the atmosphere. Yeah, that's it. Throwing it players are not throwing it. That's a good point, Frankie. No, I'm not saying that that, I want that here. What I'm saying is it's controlled. Mm -hmm. So people don't abuse that control. Yeah. They respect that. There was 20,700 20, at the MTK game. And as I walked across, everybody, the mm. flags are all there. Everyone's all set out. The flares are there and the smoke bombs are there. Frankie, let me put that to the guys just because we're a bit short on time. I think that is a good point, Mark Guidi. Why? It feels as if the conversation in this country at the moment is flares are bad. End of story uh-huh. it's What as Frankie mentions There clearly is an appetite For that type of thing Whether you like it or not Whether I yeah. like it or not There clearly is So what about A discussion What about communication About ways we can actually do it Properly And do it safely Rather than just Automatically going yeah. Flares are bad Flares yeah. are a disgrace make it, make it a part of the fan experience Is, is that perhaps the way that, An easier listen, solution you, You've got to be willing To open dialogue in anything mm-hmm. Absolutely Gordon Yeah No for me absolutely not 
Not for you. No, I mean you've seen you've seen the the, the goalkeeper. I mean, I've, you know, thing banged oh, up. I, th- and I think throwing yeah. them at players yeah. is obviously yeah. a no no. But you yeah. know, Frankie's talking about a controlled environment yeah, yeah, that works if, in if certain countries. A, a, a little bit of smoke and get off, and it looks nice and colourful. Oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, in this country. We cannot behave ourselves. Mm. We're throwing everything at this moment in time, including flares. with a young kid there the other day there down south. Maybe if it was more controlled, it wouldn't had, happen. Had a, had a panic attack because something you know exploded next time. So for me, absolutely not. We're going to have to leave it there ourselves. because we're very late for this. Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Beat the pundit time Your chance to take on Mark Guidi or Jim Duffy Give us a call right now 01419511025 And you'll be playing Beat the pundit After the news Be quick though Because the lines close When the news starts at 7 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Still here with me Gordon Duncan We are now joined By Chick Charlie He's our special guest uh, for the second hour He's just been telling us A couple of stories During really? the break So I'm, tr- I'm trying to make sure He gets the PG versions of them uh, On air for the next hour or so But before Say that again sorry <laughs> You'll only come in for an hour Because you've never done 90 minutes <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to that After we play Beat the Pundit first Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday Yes, beat the pundit time Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are ready One of them is taking on Tony Who's a Celtic fan from Motherwell How are you tonight, Tony? Not too bad for yourself Yeah, good, thanks Fancy your chances? Well, I'm no one yet, so yeah, Give it a go, why not? Jim Duffy's yep. moved mics Which is just going to confuse me even more So I'll try and remember uh, Heads, it's Mark Guidi Tails, it's Jim Duffy And it is, it's Tails Jim Duffy up against Tony from Motherwell So I'll give Jim some Clyde 2 to listen to For a quick minute Make sure he can't hear what we're saying uh, And we'll get your clock up and running Tony, you've got 30 seconds You're going head to head with Jim You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Yep What was the final score of last night's Morton Inverness match? Two each Greg Stewart started his playing career With which Scottish League 2 side? Abroad. Who came immediately before Ian Maxwell as the SFA Chief Executive? Pass. What team does Marvin Bartley play for? Had. What trophy did Claudio Reyna not win with Rangers? League Cup. What country is Emilio Izaguiri from? Honduras. What is the nickname of Aloha? Pass. And where was the World Cup held in 2006? 2006 was... Quick Germany Oh just in time I'm feeling generous Right let's bring Jim Duffy back Jim are you with us Hi Gordon You are right Same set of questions to you Are you ready Yep What was the final score Of last night's Morton Inverness match 2-2 Greg Stewart Started his playing career With which Scottish League 2 team Oh Montrose Who came immediately Before Ian Maxwell As the SFA chief executive Can't remember What team does Marvin Bartley Play for Hibernian What trophy did Claudio Reyna Not win with Rangers Scottish Cup what country is Emilio Izaguiri from? Honduras What is the nickname of Aloha? The Wasps And where were the World Cup finals held in 2006? In six, Germany Okay Tell you what Tony, you sounded confident But so did Jim Duffy, how do you think it went? <laughs> I think he's gone with the Aloha one You think so? Let's go through and find out I'll tell you what, what great battle that was First one, what was the final score of last night's Morton Inverness 2-0 You both got it right, so it's one all. Greg Stewart started his playing career at? Cowdenbeath It was Cowdenbeath So it's still one all. 
the SFA chief executive before Ian Maxwell? Stuart Regan. It was Stuart Regan, so it's still one all. Uh, it was then two all because you both knew Marvin Bartley plays for Hibs. And Tony then takes the lead because it was the League Cup, was the only trophy Claudio Reyna uh, didn't win. It stays as is because you both knew that Emilio Izagiri is from Honduras. Jim Duffy then equalises because he knew that Aloha's nickname is the Wasps. And it means it always come down to the last question. You both said Germany. You were both right, mm. which means we've got one of the highest scoring beat the pundits. Five all, I think it is. And on to a tiebreaker. Yeah. Great stuff. All right, so here's the tiebreaker, Tony. I'll read the question. I'll get Jim to write his answer down. I'll then invite you to give me your attempt, okay? Yeah. The question is this. Lewis Ferguson and Scott Brown were in the midfield battle at Hamden on Sunday. Combined, how many league bookings do they have this season? <laughs> Scott Brown and Lewis Ferguson How many league bookings combined Do they have this season? Jim Duffy, write it down please And show me Okay And Tony, your guess? 12 Tony goes for 12 Jim Duffy only goes for 6 You've only got 3 each In the league this no, season I thought Scott Brown obviously um, You know Is obviously protected by referees and ah. <laughs> I'm, like, <"Get> <laughs> I'm only winding up The answer Is 21 oh. There we go oh, So we go. Tony You weren't that close But you were closer than Jim So the sign mm. ball is yours Well done Excellent Good stuff Well done was. Well done Tony Well done And by the way I don't know if it's something in the water I don't know what the moon is like at the moment Three in a row for the listeners Monday, Aye, Tuesday, Wednesday We're Listen we're, That's it you're running out of balls We've not got enough money Spending <laughs> on these balls You need to start getting your finger out uh, Anyway 0141 That's the number you need Mark Guidi's still here So is Jim Duffy And we're now joined by our special guest Chick Charlie Chick thanks for joining us How are you? Uh, aye fine Good stuff um, The guys on a Wednesday Chick know that what happens When we get a guest in We put them through a bit of an interview process A, get, a getting to know you Right so Duff knows me Squeegee Right <laughs> Well the listeners might not So step forward to this mic and we'll find out I'm going to rattle through these questions And I'm going to test your memory as well What was the first game you went to? Uh, Celtic and Dunfermline I think I was five years of age Remember the score? No <laughs> East End Park I remember it So it was an away game? Yeah East End Park And Celtic were the old green strip What year would that have been? Five year old? What am I? 56? <laughs> year Someone else can figure it out <laughs> Tell us the score um, who, was your, who was your footballing hero growing up? Jimmy Johnson yeah, self-explanatory. I don't don't think we need to ask the reasons why. Best you've played with. Best with Machiavelli. What was what was so special? It, um, just that everything. Not I many. He was brave. He could score goals. Not I many. He was just a very good player. Yeah, all round. Uh, best you played against. Paul McStay. Again, why? I played against uh, Cooper and Loudrop and Decano, whatever. But McStay, I just felt he'd everything. And uh, he could tackle, he could score goals, but he was as hard as nails as well. You know what I mean, but he really mm. could play. I mean, we were talking in the first hour about sort of great servants for clubs, one club men, that sort of thing. So he, he ticks that box as well. But, but the thing with Paul Stee, he, he could have left a lot earlier, and maybe he should have left. You know what I mean, to to further his career, but he was just too loyal to Celtic. It was fantastic. Uh, best stadium you've played at? Um. I would say Celtic Park The new Celtic Park Tell us the Old Trafford story I like that oh, Everybody knows it It's just No they might not Duff will tell me I'll start greeting again <laughs> <laughs> no, Can I, I just say Before 
you Chick played in the game obviously he'll tell you this in a minute but he, he played really well because he had a really bad injury that day his feet were all cut after walking on broken glass <laughs> <laughs> every time that comes up Duff teaches to say I check broken glass he'd walk over broken glass play for Celtic <laughs> so, no it just happened that I was in the the season was finished and I was in the, the local pub on the Sunday and the gaffer phoned his John Lambie and says Celtic want you to play in this game so, but I had about 10 vodkas and <laughs> four pints. That was only 12 o'clock. <laughs> no, so I went up the road and then I went down the next day. I travelled in with my pals in the car and played the game and that was that. And that was it. That was the moment. Who's, who's, who's Louis McCann? No, whose testimonial was it? Who's Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes' testimonial. Did yeah. you know nutmeg someone? Come on, no, tell us. See, I didn't. Yeah, that, that, that's Is a that myth. Is that folklore? As everybody thinks that a nutmeg can't enough, but what happened was, <laughs> what happened was he tried to nutmeg me and it was right at the the old dugout and I shot my legs and I turned around and smiled at Brian Scott but I've got a, my wee boy's got a fantastic uh, photo here Aye, and uh, it's me laughing and canting as in the shot but mm. everybody thought that I would not made him just exaggerate I don't tell lies <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've covered this I don't know if we've covered this one off here but your best footballing moment obviously playing at, playing at that game but um, beating Celtic with Duff Easter Road that was, that was a good day Not the pass to Henrik Larsson Oh he passed to me Aye that's what I mean Sorry <laughs> He was hopeless <laughs> well, Whatever happened to him I know <laughs> that, that, you, I was kind of Trying to stay away From the, the obvious questions But you, you, you just can't that, that is In Scottish football moments Henrik Larsson's debut He comes on Passes the ball straight to you You rifle it in the back of the net And people must have been Thinking at that moment Who's this? Who's this dud Celtic have signed? Again, I don't know if it was the last half hour or something to come in, But um, I, didn't, I knew him for I played in Sweden and but I think people knew him but he, he was just phenomenal the guy at the end up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was it a worst footballing moment? Worst footballing moment? I think all the free transfers I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't find offhand. Nothing that sticks out? That's fine. Don't mind that. Uh, any pre-match superstitions? No, I always get out. As soon as the, the gaffers uh, named the teams, I was always out first, just out, like, kicking the ball with the ball boys or whatever, just to go to the dressing room. So it's become a habit more than a, a superstition. It was a superstition, I yeah. just wanted to do it. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> right. uh, now I'm worried about this one. <laughs> Tell us something about you we might not already know. <laughs> uh, I went to see the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> you might know that. <laughs> I, seriously? I did, I went and saw him in the. the the hydro, I think it was about five or six years ago. You're I mean, absolutely right, I did not know that. No, I was doing a, I played a charity game for a guy and I did a couple of things for charity for him and he was organising things. He said, you want to go line? And I went. <laughs> Could have said a word. <laughs> what, him or you? Both. <laughs> no words of advice then? No, no, but it was, it was interesting. That's the first time he's ever chanted and no been arrested for it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that, Mark. No, Did not, you? I must admit. Not. Absolutely not. Uh, no. Where are we? Are we almost done on the questions? A couple more uh, hobbies away from football. Play tennis now and again. You just play with Duff regular. No, Who's the best tennis player? Myself. Nice. Is he? He's decent. He's better. No, He's... again, but we did. We get a good sweat. Mm-hmm. I mean, played with Duff and. A lot, we played a lot mm. and I think we're going to play again shortly nah, he's, he's just, I mean, it, uh, certainly it's um, badminton, tennis and stuff like that is good But um, his boy's brilliant at uh, you know, at, uh, you know, the, the kind of badminton stuff and tennis and that and all so Shows you up Obviously um, In the jeans 
Aye, he's, he's, mm. he's passing along But I think it's it's surprising Because most people think Golfing And I always thought He'd be a right good golfer Because his technique uh-huh. And stuff like that But he never no I, I, I just found it too boring Walking around the, Not uh, fast enough course, sorry. But again uh, To say that The badminton And the, and the, the Tennis things is, I'm not great But it's Sorry right. Keeps you going right, uh, You got a favourite film? Eh uh, one flavour of cookies and this is one of my favourites. That's Mark Green. He's delighted oh, with that choice. Because he was in it. I'm an Alan Diddy. Oh, juicy for it is very good. Great lines in it all the flavour. Now, your ultimate five aside team with players you played with, you can put yourself in it if you want. Ultimate five. Uh, <sighs> Mark of anyway, would be in it. Uh-huh. Once I played me. Um I won't say Duff because he's here. <laughs> no, That's why he's not saying you Duff. Again, uh, who else do I think? Archie. Archie. Alan Archibald. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Archie. Hope he's not listening. No, I, I seem to forget all the players you know, the back then. Like, Frank McDougal, go, but again, five or six, I don't know different. Um, the, early days at St. Murn. Early days at St. Murn. Ian Scanlon. No. Were you there, Squeeze, when he was no, there? No, was no, but but I remember him. Sitting in Aberdeen, left wing. First, first time I was there, no, when I was 19, Scanlon was sensational. I mean, and I remember even going to watch him playing against Celtic, Danny McGrain, and no many gave Danny a hard time. I mean, is that as a wee couple short? What was that, Scanlon, McAvenny? Need a keeper. Do we have one? Polly Thompson. Again, he, he was there when I was there the first time. You were at Hibs and Dundee as well, so obviously. Hibs and Dundee. Was it Hibs and Dundee, Jim Leighton? No. I can't remember all things. <laughs> Hibs and Dundee. It's a good four aside team. It's fine, we'll get by. 01419. Neil McCampus, Neil. He was there, the boy, aye. Jim's going to help check answer these five asides. We'll get to that in the break. 01419511025. If you've got any questions, get them in. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. And uh, remember, we're still talking about all the day's big news. Before the before our news, we had the Kilmarnock Rangers ticket situation. Uh, we were looking at the post-split fixtures as well So keep all that coming um, Right, Jim Duffy and Chick Charney Clearly know each other very well For a, a long, long time What's that relationship been like over the years With the, the various guises that it's taken on Friends and then football and manager and assistant And all the rest of it Still pals? Yeah, we're still <laughs> good friends But we've had our moments You know, because obviously we're both um, From... Local housing estates <laughs> <laughs> So You know uh, When we were younger We had a, one or two Little um, Sort of Disagreements But you know I think it's living else When you, when you Certainly when you grow up In that That environment. Kind of place Environment you, Nothing lingers And then You know um, be, Became Became good pals And then obviously I, I became You know Chick's manager A couple of times But in terms of we playing, we played obviously at Partick Thistle in the early nineties under John Lambie, and I think then you you, you fought, forge more of a friendship. I, I not not just mean you know mm-hmm. because that that environment John had that unbelievable ability of people say about you know getting a, a harmonious mm-hmm. dressing room, but he just he just had a knack of putting players together. Sometimes the complete opposite you would think, but mm-hmm. it worked with John, and uh, and and I think as I said, obviously. People like myself and Chick and that just thrived on mm-hmm. that because he just get he, he let you off the leash. He gave you he gave you a responsibility um, and allowed you allowed you to go on mate and trusted you to to do the things. And as much as he was hard work for any manager, uh, John was like a 
He was like a second father He nah, really wasn't he? He was, he was great I'll be honest You told this story During the break But it's definitely worth Repeating I was looking for an example <laughs> Of one t- when, when Jim's the gaffer And you're the assistant I'm looking for any time That he, he was less than Impressed with you And I think you've got A good example of one as, Again We off as I say He's my pal But he kept me in the game For five or six years longer Than I should have been in no, Three years at, at Clyde And then um, at, at Dens And then at, at Hibs But the story was The assistant manager Always has to count the players And do the, the things That the manager did in the day So we're going to play Peter Heed <laughs> It's already <laughs> We're going to play Peter Heed up there And uh, the young boy Fulton um, Had got his time mixed up We just signed him on loan For Falkirk The night before Wasn't it though? Yeah The night before And um Duff never had his number So We get to Perth And one of the young players On the team says The captain says Come down and says to me I'm sitting across with Duff And he says Jack um, Fulton's on the bus I said you're kidding me on I thought he was hiding the toilet So he said, I said you're kidding me on He said no He's on the bus And I went oh, I'm going to see him So I says I said Gaffer I says Fulton's on the bus He says you're kidding He says Jack you've got one job And I, I've seen Duff Stemfers right And I, I'd never to go so he's went, so he's had to phone Stephen Presley, get his number, and then get. Uh, so the boy, he's travelled up with his father, uh, Stephen Fulton, up to. Uh, it was Elgin, I think, Duff. Uh, I think Elgin, Elgin. And we got up, and then we got beat anyway. anyway yeah. And the boy was he was poor. He took him off at half time, and but it was horrendous. <laughs> yeah, and he's, 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 his boy comes after the game and says to says to Chick, Chick, do you mind if I go back down with my dad? And Chick says, Oh, can I go with you? <laughs> I, thought, I said to him, he had one job today, count the players, and he couldn't manage it. And see, after that, see, after that, the yeah. players were shooting, just shout to me, one job. That's all you've got. One job. Charlie, is that the bit where the, the whole pal thing goes out the window and you're just raging? No, obviously, there's a bit of humour about it, and, but, you know, but as I said, I, I, can, I can occasionally maybe lose it at times, but um, I, it, was, it was just one of those things where, you know, you could wind them up. And again, as I said, the players after that would always say, Right, mm-hmm. Chick, you're one job, you've done your one job. One job, I like that. Right, let's get, take a question. John's in Linwood on the phone. Hi, John. Gordon, Jim, Martin, Chick, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Hi, John. Um, a servant, I've got to say the late, great Tommy Burns. A short story, guys. I remember, um, I'm going back a few years, I took my wee nephew, he was only 10 years of age. Uh, Tommy Burns was putting out um, stuff for the training for the for the boys. I said to my wee uh, nephew, shout on Tommy. And this wee 10-year-old voice uh, echoed round Celtic Park. Tommy. Tommy looked up and waved at him. So for me, um, he was a servant for Celtic and a, a gentleman, you know. But, uh, Chick, uh, obviously, you know, um, it's a pleasure to speak to you, mate. You've wore the hoops. But you've also played against the King of Kings, Henry Larson. And um, obviously the video out, you were in it. Um, you went uh, past to Henrik, and um, obviously it didn't go well. Were you surprised, Chick, that Henrik went so far as and what he'd done for Celtic, what he'd done for Manchester United? Even though he scored against us, we still love him, and Barcelona. I think everybody was surprised. No, like people that knew him, but just how well he done. No, he ended up world class. No, I mean when he came, as I say at the start, not a lot of people knew about him. No, I mean, but he, he just mm. was absolutely fantastic, and he turned into a world class player. I know you feel like everybody will have heard that story because you, you've maybe told it a lot, but 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 they won't. So when Henrik Larsson comes on for his debut, 
bad pass and you go and score when does that then become a thing because at that day that's surely not that's not an issue that happens in football when does that become an event just well in the next few years not I mean when he went on to, uh, to do it we done but I was tugging his hair he did dreadlocks and that. I was tugging <laughs> his hair in that game as well you know what I mean just, but I didn't know him you know what I mean just, see, I knew him I was in Sweden for a week just knew him and seen him on the telly and things mm-hmm. like that but you got a dreadlock on eBay no? <laughs> I know. Yeah I should have <laughs> But it must have taken a while For people to start catching on Because like I say People make mistakes all the time But I wonder who made that connection first But God, I'd met him a couple of times after that I've tried to get stripped from my wee boy My, my oldest boy rather And uh, I'd met him a couple of times But he was, he was quite deep You know what I mean mm. He was quite a deep person He was hard to and I think he'd been raging because that's all people spoke about. <laughs> no, I mean, raging. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I, mean. I think he made up for it after that. It's all yeah. right. Thank you to John and Linwood. We've got a good question for, for you too. Chick can help you out. A full time teaser. Uh, more of your calls next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Weary, Jim Duffy, and Chick Charmley here with me, Gordon Duncan. If you've any questions, let's have them on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Just a bit of signing news for you tonight. Muller will have signed Inverness midfielder Liam Polworth on a pre contract deal. The 24 year old will join the Fur Park side on a two year deal, obviously, when this season ends. So that's that time of the year, Jim. Teams are starting yeah. to, to prepare for next season. Yeah, pre contracts, you know, I think, um, you know, for players nowadays, I think, I mean, unless you're at the very top level and you're in a lot of money. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a nervous time for a lot of players because, you know, when you're running out of contract, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what's going to be happening. You don't want to wait to the summer when there's just everybody's looking for mm-hmm. players, you know, everybody's, you know, fighting for, for the, the spaces and teams. So if you can sign a pre contract, already know mm-hmm. what you're going to happen next season, you know that you, you've got that security, you can calm down, you can plan things with your family, etc., your holiday, what you're trying to do. So I think. A lot of more teams now are, are are doing this sort of thing, you know. Saying, I mean, obviously, we know Jordan Jones is signed mm-hmm. for 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 Rangers, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of times now that, that players will sign pre contracts, and I think it's it's becoming more commonplace now. I know he's been in impressive form for Inverness, Mark. So Mother will be hoping to take that back into a Premiership level and, and help yeah. them kick on. Yeah, and it's good to get something done early as well. Gordon, get it over the line. There was an interest from from other clubs too. So yeah, Mother will have managed to pull one off there. Um, right, let me set up the full-time teaser for you tonight And we'll leave it running between now and the end of the show So Robert McLean sent this question in for you So as usual, if there's anything up with the question Just blame him, don't blame me That's the great thing about it Full-time at Clyde One That's where you send them into Robert is looking for Eight permanent transfers Between Aston Villa And Scottish teams since 2000 So eight permanent transfers Between Aston Villa and Scottish teams Or Scottish teams and Aston Villa since 2000 So it's Stan Petrov Yes So Any Scottish team So Celtic to yeah. Villa August 2006 Sean Maloney Yes Celtic to Villa Yeah Des Bremer Nope Not since 2000 By the way That's the first time He's ever put his horn up To answer a question Des <laughs> Bremer <laughs> See, see in fairness though He's about 100 million <laughs> In fairness you laugh But that's the sort of answer Hugh Evans gives every week So oh, that's bro, why I didn't I love that I didn't even What was Hugh Keevans class At the back of the class Hugh Keevans had Jonathan Johansson In the 2009 Rangers team The other night or something I'm used to that Right Stan Petrov And you went for Sean Maloney Celtic to Villa yeah Yeah Got another one 
Carlos Cuellar Rangers yeah, to Aston Villa We'll leave that there Because you're only looking for another five Let's <laughs> speak to Paul in Crookston Hi Paul Oh hi Gordon Hi Jim and hi Chick Hello Hi um, oh, I, had a, I had a good one for that uh, quiz here No no, no absolutely not Because I've only got five to go I won't give it away Good to see uh, or hear Chick Charlie on, on the panel I quite like listening to his uh, stories So it was kind of just um, well, Two wee questions um, Question one, obviously, uh, see if Chick can maybe tell us that story again about the golf ball one. I think that's a legendary story. I love, I love hearing about that one. Uh, with Jim, uh, with, with Lambie, mm-hmm. um, and the golf ball comes over um, into Partick Thistle's ground, I think it is. And um, just listen to the types of stories of any other ones. I mean, just to find out from the panel's perspective, um, obviously we, we live in a much more you know, politically correct world, or whatever you want to maybe call it that. And just to find out where you think we've kind of lost that in football, because I remember growing up in like the early nineties, and you know, people like Peter Reid at Sunderland, and um, John Lambie, and people like that, and um, even Walter Smith earlier on. If you look through YouTube, and you'll see some of the stuff mm-hmm. with certain broadcasters he's, he's had um, dealings <laughs> with. Um, and do you think we've kind of lost that a wee bit? Because I think well, that's something I quite liked was was those kind of stories and you know the banter that went on mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And I'm not to say that banter doesn't happen, but I just think. A lot is tailed back now, um, and I guess maybe that's I don't know professionalism and standards and things like that coming through. But um, all right, let's put that to the guys then, Paul. Uh, well, first of all, Paul's got he knows your stories and he's he's requesting them. He wants your golf ball story. Well, the thing was that the, the kids used to go up to the canal bank that Miser's held off up at uh, Fur Hill, and they used to just hit the golf balls into the in the stadium. So we're out doing the warm ups, and every other day you've had a golf ball line, so. The gaffers take the warm up, so we just lo- I've lobbed the golf ball and it's just tapped him on the head, <laughs> hit his head. So he said, golf ball that is. I tapped, I tapped <laughs> him on the head. <laughs> so he says, he said, do that. I says that's him hitting the the, the boys for the canal bank gaffer. So he starts shooting up. There's nobody there. If they came for the canal bank, they kill him. <laughs> so that was fine. So we then when we showered after training, and I said to the gaffer, I said that was me hit you with that golf ball. He said, oh, that's like fine, that's fine. So I thought nothing of it. Friday we're in, done a warm up out in the. The track done some sprints came in he stood behind a chair in the dressing room a medicine ball and, <laughs> dropped, <laughs> and dropped it right in my head <laughs> nearly broke your neck aye <laughs> he dropped it right in my head to be fair as size of his he'd a medicine ball is the equivalent of a golf ball to anybody else you always get those people to be fair don't you when, when they've got revenge for yeah. a joke and they just take it so much yeah. further than, than your yeah. initial joke ever was what about Paul's making a, a more general point there about you know different Types of managers and, and I suppose the contrast to the yeah. modern game. Yeah, I mean it has changed. There's no doubt about that, and it is more difficult for managers, um, you know, of, of a certain vintage. You say to you know maybe say things and react to things. You used to wind wind guys up and stuff like that. So you know you, you've got to be. It's just the way it is. Everything's moved on, and uh, he says, I mean, John, every second word for John was a profanity. There's no doubt about that, John Lambie. Every and. You know, people might perceive it now if he was if he, if he went on one his his real right. rant. Mm-hmm. You know, one or two people might be oh, oh that's that that's not acceptable. You know, you can't go down that line or that kind of stuff. But that that was just it was. And as mm-hmm. I said before, the one thing John made sure of is he had characters in the dressing room. They could handle that. If you couldn't handle it, you couldn't play for John. I mean, you mean there, there, there's, there's there's something. I mean, obviously, check knows umpteen stories about John. But the the one thing, as I said before, is. I don't think you should underestimate one his success as a manager and two he's, he, he's just said he's that talent for, for people talk about recruitment with no mm-hmm. money 
mm-hmm. you know, and always managed to get, you know, and he was always tweaking it to try and get the best formula. And he had a fantastic talent, I say, for putting good teams together, you know, at different times, at different areas. And when, <clears> when, when teams needed him, you know, it was, I think he was underestimated as a, as a tactician and a guy who knew the game because he had that. Manner about him, and as I said, the, the way, way he spoke, over. Uh, the way he came across. The, the, the time that after I played that game for Celtic, that the mm. end of the season, the following year, Lambie freed me at the end of that season. Mm. Member squeed because mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark was working for the was it the mail? Sunday mail, right? What happened was, and then <laughs> they'd done an, artic- an article, and I genuinely, I swear my kids' life, I, I did forget. But what happened was, Mark, end of that season, I got a free. So Squeegee was working with the, the, the paper, and he said, Check, you want to come and do a story? The mail saying you could have been playing the cup final for, for Celtic, knew you're without a club. So I said, Aye, so I got a couple of quid off for so, <laughs> A lunch at size. A lunch at size. So he brought dinners, didn't he? He brought Alan, didn't he? What happened was, what happened was, uh, this, this was to get in the following Sunday, Mark, wasn't it? Aye. So, sweet. but in between time, Jim Black, I think. Another Peter offered him a few quid. No, but <laughs> I, I generally didn't think it was. So I'd done the, the story, but he couldn't put it in. So he's phoned me, check what are you doing? You're going to get me in the sack. He said, my editor's gone mental. <laughs> I'd already bought a new jacket. <laughs> oh, dear. But see, that, that, that's how my lambie did, but there's no, no although like, people think it was favourite, but he, he knew players as well. And if you weren't doing it, he would just get rid of you. Uh, well, maybe your time was up. Nah, nah, that's what I'm saying. It's just a, a different thing. But again, I said, uh, you know, when uh, you know different managers, I said Walter Smith, as, as, you, as you mentioned mm-hmm. there, we we check and all this stuff. Check young as with the with the with the stuff. You know, you, you couldn't get away with these type of things, though. You know, and obviously everybody's on you know various social networks. So if somebody does do something, they post it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just a different a different environment. Now. Final word to you, Paul. I know that was, that was good to just obviously listen back. And I, no, I take on board those points. I just think. There's another way you can look at it. You no, know, you're, you're saying there these people got the best out of players as well. Mm-hmm. You no, know? um, and and you no, know, you see what's happening now. I think. I mean, I've obviously grown up and loved football and, and whatnot, and you no, know, although I've never played it and whatever, but I think I got a little bit. You no, know, see with scenarios like what happened to the Chelsea game and things like that, and the, the goalkeeper refusing to come off. I just thought, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of put me off a bit, mm-hmm. a little bit, which I thought was quite sad and. I think you wouldn't have got that back in the day with you know, people like that, and I think you know a lot of the uh, you look back at the the Wimbledon team, you know the the crazy gang. I think they were known as. Yeah. But I think a lot of them, I would imagine, keeping contact with one another, and there's like strong bonds between them and whatnot. But and I definitely take those points. I think a lot of the, the generation that will come through wouldn't be able to handle that type of environment, I guess. And I think yeah, maybe a lot it's moved on for good points as well. So I take that on board. But I just think maybe just. The camaraderie and things like mm-hmm. I just think it's quite important as well, and I think that just keeps the sport going and, and whatnot. But that was good. It was just to obviously yeah. reminisce about those stories and, and hear that golf story <laughs> by by Chick. Keep that one up. I quite like that one. Great stuff. Thank you to Paul in Crookston. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is the thing you're, you're speaking about the stories and Chick. You can sense he's thinking. Oh, I've, I've told these stories before, and you two have heard them. There's a member of the staff in the office. I'll leave him nameless, but he's he's. A lot younger than you lot He's even yeah. younger than me There are not many in the show that are He's younger than me And uh, like the modern kids do Chick when we said you were coming in He went on your Wikipedia Just, mm. just to find out a bit more mm. um, In the Partick Thistle section For all your history with Partick Thistle 
Three lines, right? And it just goes very, very seamlessly in, right? It just talks about freed by Partick Thistle when they were in the Premier Division, as you just mentioned, and then straight in the next line. During his time at Thistle, he and two other players were approached by two teenage boys during a training session in a park. Despite suffering a stab wound to his hand when one of the boys brandished a sword, Charlie was able to disable the attacker with a punch. So that's what it says <laughs> on the, the Wikipedia. And the member of staff, who remains nameless, turns and says... says is that, is that true? Seriously, is that true? At which point Jim Duffy goes, I was there. So, I mean, that that must be... There can't be many people who've got that in their Wikipedia entry. Oh, it's, it's not a good thing, I don't think. But um, the funny story about that, my wife was in hospital, um, threatening a miscarriage. Um, so I goes up to the two o'clock visit. I've got my hand stitched. And she's about half to her hand. I said, well, we know between in Rockhill Park, there's glass and there's... I, think we, I said, they're slitting... Cut my hand in the grass She said, oh that's a shame What's we'll that effect <laughs> <laughs> After that it goes up It's that. 7 o'clock visit Her face is like fizz <laughs> She said it was on Scotland today <laughs> <laughs> So Jim you were there You were yeah. somewhere behind Ch- Charlie Explain yeah, yeah. the full story Yeah well obviously there was uh, <clears throat> we're, we're training as, as we do And uh, there was a couple of people Decided to to brandish a, a samurai, a samurai sword, sorry, and uh, was it nunchucks they call them there? Ah, and anyway, the guy with the nunchucks was doing it and he hit his cell with it and we just thought it was funny because <laughs> he wasn't very good at it. And anyway, the other guy was shouting at Chick a few things that weren't very pleasant. And Chick being Chick says, like, I'll see you down at Far Hill after training. So no, no, no big deal about it really, you know, but obviously that escalated a little bit to the, the fact that he chased after him. And decided I don't know why But he picked no. up a wee branch No but a traffic cone Well a traffic <laughs> cone That's right It was a traffic cone A traffic cone Because that's what we use For training sometimes oh. And he picked up One of the cones And then And then he slipped And then that's when The, the, the guy obviously Tried to hit him And it, it cut his hand mm. uh, But then The guy made the cardinal Sin of slipping So obviously We Caught up with him then And big Gordon Ray Picked up the sword Didn't he And uh, bent, bent it, it And bent it like <laughs> Thor Just bent it So as long as we could Run behind Big Gordon We were alright We knew we were okay So But anyway As I said It was uh, oh, no. It was a Yeah it was a, a Something that uh, You don't see very often uh, You know at, uh, at football clubs now Thankfully oh. And uh, thankfully We won't see it again So you're not in check, You're reading that out Gordon And, and Chick it's, it's disappointing And it's not Clever mm-hmm. and stuff like that And just to say in Chick's effect For my limited time mm-hmm. In full time football Three years And was lucky enough Chick was at man there And genuinely Hand in my heart He's brilliant He's absolutely brilliant And Duff knows better than me But a brilliant footballer A talented skill With me playing in goal mm-hmm. He would always come Look for the ball No matter how he put it up He's, he's marking him tight And all the different things And uh, That's just For me that's quite a sad thing That Chick's actual ability As a footballer too often gets overshadowed in terms of those can answer because make no mistake and I say Duffel backs at 100% Chick was yep. probably one of the most talented, talented football players Scottish football players in, in the past 30-40 years for natural ability undoubtedly no, Jimmy no, I mean you know, he knows what I think about him I've obviously seen him twice and, but uh, you know the fact is that uh, it's such a fantastic belief in his own ability and I think that's and always wanted the ball I always say Chick could three words I can only say two of them which is geezer <laughs> Because had one word before, before that. Before it, yeah, yeah. Right? Geezer, geezer. And that's all you could hear. Geezer, geezer. It, just, it didn't matter. He just wanted the ball all the time. But I've said this before on, on, when, when you see these wonder goals that people score from the halfway line. And I say that, I personally see them scoring a couple live. But I think, in, in all seriousness, from, from your own half, how many goals have you scored in senior football? In all seriousness. I think it's four. Wow. Right? Now, if you try 
With no goalkeeper <laughs> Just take the ball out And put it in the centre circle On the opposite side of the pitch And one of them was a, 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 a Hibs When they had the slope Up the hill <laughs> You know, you you can't even kick it that far. Never mind strike it into the goal with the goalkeeper in a game and also the vision to oh. see it yeah. and the ability to execute it. I think from corners, many go direct from a corner, three or something. So and telling wow, you before, this, telling you he's going to take. Oh, the you've corner. got to call it. You can't have the wind just blowing it. In. No, no, he's, he's, he's yeah, going. Yeah. I'm going to score. I'm going to score for the corner. I'm shooting here, and you're thinking just stick it in the penalty spot and let people go and attack it. And, and it's Charlie McGrew's doing it this season, isn't he? I think yeah, he's but, got a couple but, this but season. He's saying that he's going to do it, and also before the referee had the wee foam line, when goalkeepers used to line the wall up and stand at the post, and then, as they were always standing at the post, Chip would go up just go. and just bend it into the far corner, catch them unaware, and again catch them unaware. I like it. And those type of things, I said, are entertaining, yeah. but they're also a football brain mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, you have to be switched on to. And thankfully He's got a football brain No Des Weber brain Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a, the, the other side of it Is the, is the <laughs> best let, His football <laughs> brain's great Let's find, let's find out About the Des Bremner brain Because we're still looking for <laughs> right. eight, eight permanent transfers Between Aston Villa And Scottish teams Or Scottish teams And Aston Villa Since 2000 I've got enough three Right, right. Two recent ones John McGinn Scott Sinclair uh-huh. Alright we'll leave that there then And we'll give you the, the bit of thinking time To come up with the rest We're running late for this Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, Mark Guidi, Jim Duffy and Chick Charnley are still here. We're taking your calls, we're reading your tweets and we're trying to tackle the full-time teaser. So, tonight's question. Eight permanent transfers between Aston Villa and Scottish teams or Scottish teams in Aston Villa since 2000. That being the key bit for Chick. Um, we've got Stylian Petrov, Celtic to Villa. Sean Maloney, Celtic to Villa. Carlos Cuellar, Rangers to Villa. Scott Sinclair, Villa to Celtic. And John McGinn-Hibbs to Villa. Ooh. Alan Thompson Villa to Celtic Yes uh, Jim Duffy And also Sean Maloney Going back the other way mm, See I left that in As a wee sneaky Brilliant. one Well done Sean Maloney Villa to Celtic So he so went both ways One to get One to get Check Andy Gray <laughs> <laughs> Honestly I'm going to get you aye, I'm going to get you a calendar When we get out of here Mid 70s aye <laughs> That was a wind up that one uh, Roddy Wiley Roddy Wiley is on Twitter He says I want to thank Chick For getting me as a young player A £25 fine After he filled John Lambie's car Full of grass Through his sunroof After training in Bishop Briggs He never owned up And we all got fined yeah. True I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember. But, but let's be honest I, 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 I do remember I Probably true That was true that was good. That's right, Jim. I hope you've shut yeah. your sunroof out there. It's grass cutting season. I was out doing mine this morning. No, it's it's all the things I said before. But if you you know again, that just shows you the relationship that no just kid with John, but John had with the players because he took and he said, by the way, he gave as good as he could get. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was a, a particular occasion when uh, Chick and, and, and Alan Denny um, get asked to go to John. John. Everybody knows John had pigeons. Mm-hmm. But a couple of them flew flew into the wrong ducat, whatever it was called. Anyway, right, pigeon. So that's no good to join. So whatever, the wee tags on them. John gets a phone call. We're up training at Calder Kilt. And, uh, so is your, is your pigeon done if it, nah, if it goes nah, to the Because right, okay. it's no good to you anymore. Aye, it flies in a different, register it. A different okay. place. The time it takes. So anyway, um, John shoots the two down because they were misbehaving and uh, gets a wee pigeon out the basket at the back of his car. And unfortunately, sorry for anybody, any animal lovers out there, but uh, John, being John, just 
We twist the neck We pigeon oh, See you later uh, Up to that Pigeon loft in the sky And uh, Saying to chicken dinners If you two don't Bleep and do What I want to do That's what's going to happen to you <laughs> So When you see that You just kind of Your mouth's open You think Okay gaffer Whatever it is you want me to do I'm going to do it Where was that last caller That was asking about Different management styles <laughs> From different yes. eras get, get them back on I think that applies That's, And did you do what you were told After that the, 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 Aye there was one With the gaffer as well As Duff says The report he had With the players Was fantastic yeah. No, I mean I was taking the youth At the time up there And there was a young boy uh, Came in The Rangers uh, Chain on a Rangers ring So I said You're going up to see the gaffer I said This is part of this You're playing for no Rangers mm-hmm. So I was kidding on But I hadn't told the kid that So I takes him into the gaffer The gaffer's sitting there With his pipe smoking <laughs> And uh, I said Gaffer I said What about this wee So and so I said Look at him He's got the Rangers ring The Rangers chain I said Sissel's playing for no Rangers The gaffer said You make him captain of the youth <laughs> <laughs> So he goes out to me guys said Check the value the captain <laughs> <laughs> Alright let's take another call Andy's a Rangers fan From Somerson Hi Andy Ah, good evening, good evening to the panel. Hello. Uh, just a quick story about Chick, unbelievable. As well as being a magician, a skillful man, he brings a lot of comedy into the game as well. And it was the time he was playing with St Mirren. We all know the old main stand. He's running up the line uh, when they're playing against Rangers, towards the Rangers end. Nutmegs, two Rangers players. He's got the time to stick his tongue out of the Rangers fans, put his hands up to the side of his head and wave to them. And then crosses the ball in and who scores? Well, it's no check, but it's the mirror. It's unbelievable right. to see that. I was going to ask you if you remember it, check, but remember. everything I've asked so far, you can't remember. I can't remember. Seriously, I can't remember. What was the one? I remember the one, I remember, up the tunnel. Was it half time, or full time, then United, Jim McLean's the manager. Oh, I, what happened there was. Um, Davey Hay, it was Davey Hay and Jim McLean, the two Jim managers. McLean. What happened was, we're playing, then Dan Jackson, Dan, got to know Dan quite well. Like, we were absolutely we'd off. And uh, Dan had dealt with me half the ball 10 minutes before um, half time. So I couldn't get him. So I said, What am I going to do? So I went in the tunnel and I've stood behind the door. Did you come in at Love Street behind the, uh, the tunnel? So I've watched where the referee was and Dan's come in and I've, I've belted him. But this is that. <laughs> Davey Hay and. He's honest. Davey Hay and Jim McLean have come down the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh-huh. the two stairs, both sides, because you know, came down. But Jim McLean has seen me doing it. And he was screaming, he was going mental. And David Hay, David Hay said, Did you not see what he done to him? So they two ended up in there. <laughs> so David got me in the dressing room and said, See if you get caught there, you were getting done. <laughs> Andy, was that one of those that as a Rangers fan, you're obviously cursing them at the time, and then maybe afterwards you think, Oh, do you know what? That, that was quite good to watch. Well, it's uh, obviously a Rangers man. I've not seen much of Chick live, but that game sticks in my mind, and uh, it was great to see him performing. Great stuff, thank you Andy and Somerson Some good memories coming in on the phones yeah. uh, Chick, what about Thistle at the moment? It's obviously, it's very nervy times That bottom half of the championship's unbelievable, isn't it? Well, I was up watching them uh, against the Fairmont a couple of weeks ago And for the first 25 minutes They didn't know where they were you know what I mean? but They could have won the game at the end up But they've got a right fight in their hands you know what I mean? Because um, it's really, really tight I mean, I think everyone knows, but particularly with you and the club so close to your heart, and, and also the way the, the club is structured now, it, it was in the Premiership not so long ago, it, it, it's set up quite like a Premiership club. The thought of dropping down to that third tier is, is I mean, that's the reality, but it's, it's scary for those involved to think that. Everybody wants to beat them, I mean, because of who they are, you know what I mean, and just coming down, everybody raises their game against them, but it's every team, is will tell you, every team in that league can beat anybody else. No, but they've got. I think it's Queenie South, is it? On Saturday. And is it? When's the Falkirk game? 
Give me a hand against there. Yeah. Give me a hand against there. But I don't think they'll go down. I, I, I'm not just saying that, Rosie. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't, I don't think they'll go down. Hey, maybe the playoff though. Might need to do it through the playoff. Or do you think they'll get away altogether? I think they'll get away. Uh, I, th- I, I think, I think Queens could go down and maybe Falkirk. The playoff. game last night. I mean, it might turn out to be a great point for your old club, mm-hmm. Morton Jim. But the nature of it, and then it yeah. maybe feels like a bit of a sickener as well. Yeah. So it's still very tense down there. Yeah, I think if it, I mean with a couple of minutes to go, you win it two one. Um, then it's a huge, made a huge difference at this stage of the season. And uh, you know, I'm sure they were deflated after the game. Um, but you know, getting another point on board is is important. But I think when you're that close, I think, I think three points would have more or less made them safe in the sense of you know the games because everyone's kind of playing each other. Mm. But now the the game at the, mm. the weekend uh, you know is paramount for both um, Falkirk and Morton. You know a draw doesn't either probably suits Morton a little bit better, but not really. Um, and a win you know is massive for either club. And obviously there's that history with Ray McKinnon leaving. Yeah. You know this <laughs> early on in the season and all this kind of stuff as well. So there's that kind of animosity that had been lingering there as well. So it's a very tasty encounter, that's for sure. But um, huge match for for both of mm-hmm. them. I, I, I'm with you. I think this will be Alloa winning four on the bounce now. Can they? Could they make it five? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, it's a massive match against Thistle as well. Is Falkirk signed Tizzle tough? Yes, Michael Tizzle signed a pre-contract, which again is, we is don't one really have enough time to go into. But the what a situation that is. Yeah. You know, his yeah, current club and his future club. He's got to play a minute. Yeah, he played in, uh, I think, mm-hmm. last night, so I, I would guess he'll start. All right, we'll maybe look at that some other time. You've got one more to get mm-hmm. on the teaser. Eight permanent transfers between Villa and Scottish clubs or vice versa since 2000. Mm-hmm. Alan Thompson, Petrov, Maloney twice. Cuellar, Sinclair, McGinn. I, I need a clue for me. I'm, I'm, I'm Hibs. Stuck. Hibs. There are a few loans, by the way. These are permanent. So your Tonevs, your Tishbolas, they, they don't yeah. count. Hibs. 2002. Oh. Fair. A couple of million as well, it was, I think. Oh, uh, Ulysses De La Cruz Or De Cruz De La Cruz Well done Mark Weedy Thank you (laughs) Thank you Mark (laughs) Weedy Jim Duffy And a special thank you To Chick Charnley For taking time out And joining us Some great stories Some great memories as well Thank you for all your calls And tweets We are back tomorrow On Thursday's Clyde One Super Scoreboard I'll be here with Gordon DL And Mark Wilson In the meantime Stay where you are Callum Gallagher's up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.